I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hello, world, and welcome back to a new episode of Thanks for Coming In. I'm your host, Jillian Clare. If you're new to the show, welcome. Um, I have actors on every week, and... We talk about their journey and their life and uh, some sad stories and some funny stories and uh, embarrassing things. It's really fun. We have a good time. It's been a, a wild 24 hours. I don't know about you, but I didn't have to do cardio yesterday because my heart rate was so high all flipping day. What a mess that was. Um, <laughs> that's all I got for you on that end. Uh, good Lord. But hey, Georgia, you're the best and I love you. If you live in Georgia, High five. You did it. Today on the show, we have my friend Liz Fenning. She's been in a thousand things. She's a great person and a great activist and a fantastic actress. I, I adore her so much. And I'm very excited to catch up with her. So here is my conversation with Liz Fenning. Welcome to my darling friend, Liz Fenning. I'm honored to be here, lady. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. You know, this came up on me so quickly, the like whole New Year thing. I was really enjoying not doing anything. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, I I have a podcast and I'm supposed to do a, <laughs> an episode. And I was thinking, I'm like, who are my friends who are like always down to do things? Mm -hmm. And I was just like, Liz, I'm, I'm texting Liz. <laughs> I'm, I'm honored to be on the list of down people. Um. You are. You are. I mean, you were you were in my movie, too. I texted you like, hey, you want to be in my movie? And you're like, yeah. I mean, first of all, that's like the most duh answer that I've ever given in my life. Um, anyone who doesn't know, she's talking about uh, 
uh, to the beat too, back to yeah. school. And I was so honored to get to play her buddy. Um, I was uh, filling in for an actual real life best friend uh, that Aww. couldn't make it because she had other conflicts. And it was, I mean, I got to be across from you and be directed by you, which again is one of the 9 million reasons that I, I don't understand the monster that you are on set. Um, <laughs> that, and I feel that day was, that day was my stressor day. <laughs> that day was bad. I just remember you and like Adam and other friends that I had on set just being like, it's okay. We're going to get through. And I'm like, no, we're not. I'm going to die on the stage and that's going to be the end of it. Uh, for for listeners, she's talking about a day where she had um, an amazing location um, where she had to shoot. I, 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 I probably no exaggeration that it was like eight billion scenes, yeah. um, including the entire uh, cinematic climax of of the feature film that she was doing <laughs> with every single cast member. Um, Which was like, I think it, I think it rounded out to like, I don't know, 50 that were like principal speakers or something like that. Something insane. Oh my God. Yeah. And then we had (laughs) like, we had half a day to film it all. I thought I had a whole day, half a day. And it was just, it was, it was insanity. I think, I think the producer actually cried my mom. Oh. I'm pretty sure she cried to the children and was like, please focus. Please don't be shitheads. I mean, but you did it. You got like everybody. It was, I mean, like herding cats would it is. be easier. And I, I mean, like, and they're such darlings and you could tell that everybody respected you and loved you. And it's, you're one of those female directors that they talk about. That's going to be the future of film and television along with also being okay. able well, to Well, that is far too kind but thank uh, you i don't know again i would have i would have definitely um <laughs> had to be medically removed from set if i were in your position and you were also uh, I acting thought, that day. i was acting that day too i thought i was like i thought at one point for sure i was gonna have to be like sedated or something <laughs> because it was so like so much pressure mounting at like one moment and then a thousand different things that had to be done I I think, were you with me when like Adam just started playing the piano and like singing to like calm me down? I I, I remember seeing it. What's interesting is you're one of those people that has that wonderful response to real emergency settings or like, you know, the high stakes stuff where you don't get crazy, you get really still. And I just remember like at at a certain point in the day going like, oh, is she respirating? And so it, it was just, you know, like you became more and more stoic. It's fascinating, which I think is what it takes. So I'm certainly glad that there That's was like. That's hysterical because like to me, I truly feel like I'm acting like a crazy person in this no. situation. It's like mm-hmm. I feel like I come off as being absolutely insane. No, no, you're, you're, you're a G. You're one of those people that like. Um, and that's so funny because I was also thinking about uh, that story on the Titanic where the musicians play. <laughs> um, glad I didn't point that out in the moment. Yeah, yeah um, true. But, I mean, you got everything in the can. So clearly, and and everybody felt like they were honored. And, I mean, like everybody was in a great mood and taking pictures with you at the end of the day. So uh, Well, you know, we got it. Time. We did it. I don't know how, truly. I don't know how. I, I thank the entire crew for that because they busted their asses they so amazing. hard. That they were moving so quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in, in lighting a space that's supposed to look like theatrical lighting for film. I mean, that's for film. Yeah. Which is, it's, it's difficult in itself and Mm -hmm. like trying to find like a way to actually get the sound correct. Anyway, 
We're um. <laughs> we're, Sorry, guys. Five Bye. minutes about to the beat too. It's cool, guys. Uh, <laughs> but listen, hey, I've known you for what, like almost Girl. five years, four years, five years. That's four. crazy. Yeah, probably five. Five. It's been a while, and it's yeah. it's wild how we met. We did a, a show called Delusion, and we played the same character, and it was a lot of fun and a lot of blood yeah. every night and sweat and tears <laughs> and all of the things that go with being stun. in a horror show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, being thrown through walls is great. Um, <laughs> but you've been acting for a very long time and you're constantly working. You're constantly doing these awesome things. And I just I want to know how you got into it. Like, what made you decide to be an actor? Are you one of those crazy people that was also a child? dancing around saying I need to be in, a, in something give me attention oh that is so sweet of you um thank you I because you know when you're in it you don't feel like you're constantly working like every gig feels like a you know like a a blessing from God and you're just like I shall hold this beautiful pearl um <laughs> I uh was definitely weird growing up <laughs> And so bad, so bad with other people. Like I, um, I, I um, was a rodeo kid. Um, there's been a lot of emergency dentistry in my life. No. Um, oh yeah. Oh yeah. A lot. Wait, I, I need to hear some stories because I was like that as well. <laughs> I had, yeah. I had a fight with a tetherball a couple times. I lost both my front teeth to a tetherball. Shut up. Oh well, your teeth are amazing. So good job to your dentist. Like high five. So I. <laughs> Um, I've, I've had a lot of stitches. Um, I was a br barrel racer and breakaway roper. Um, what? I, what? <laughs> um, so it's, it, um, so I'm like the least, I would say natural actor in terms of like, I, um, I, I have OCD, ADD, anxiety disorder, mm -hmm. dyslexia, I have PTSD. Like, um, I had a stutter, like, Oh my goodness! If you, if you were like, who should be an actor? You would be like, not this kid, <laughs> not um, Liz. And <laughs> um, and I, like, out of nowhere, I did uh, two talent shows, and I sang that song from Fifel Goes West, Dreams to Dreams, and then the next year I did Stop Stand it. Up. Yeah, stop it! Yes, I love wearing that. cowboy boots. I mean, like, <laughs> I I think I just learned to brush my hair like last year. I mean, like, I'm such a kid. I um I did rodeo in Moscow, Idaho which is exactly as populated as it sounds. Mm. Um, and I, like, I, I, I knew that I loved performing, um, but <laughs> I just, with all of, all of the feelings that come mm. with the risk, it was both, I don't know. I, I think that my soul <laughs> knew that it was one of those things that it needed to grow um, if I, if I don't work for a while, it's like, there's like a buildup of steam on my soul. Um, mm, but I, I feel that. Even, even into my senior year, I didn't want to apply to programs. Um, and actually, uh, the Carnegie that I went to was super late in sending in my application. And luckily, um, uh, Jillian on community's mom, why am I forgetting her last name? Uh, oh, uh, Anderson? Is it yeah. No. Uh, uh, Jillian. Oh my gosh, on love. I know oh, who I'm you're talking about. Crap. Uh, yeah. Hold, wait, wait a second. Isn't it Gillian too? Oh, it is. I bet it's Gillian. Yes. Anyway, so it's her like mom was Gillian in, Jacobs. There you go. Is it Jacobs? Yeah. Okay. 
<laughs> um, thank you for that. Um, Krishi uh, um, is an administrator at Carnegie, and she was like, my daughter is also an actress. This is before she was a big deal. I had actually mm. met her at my audition to Juilliard, and she was there to like, I, I spent the whole day vomiting. Luckily, the Carnegie Mellon audition went better. <laughs> she's a very nice woman i know from personal experience but her mom weirdly both of both of those uh women are amazing and um she let me apply late and uh that's how i ended up at, but i thought i was going to work in research because i was just like i don't have you know like uh i think you've said a couple times on this podcast you have to be okay with no and i was yeah. so not okay with no I was, <laughs> but it's, I feel like that is definitely something that you, you get used to. Yes. Like, yes. it's not something that's going to happen overnight. I'm still, there's still a, a crap ton of things that I go out for that I'm not okay with the no, yeah. but I like, it's going to happen most of the time. So then I just cry, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The crying is part of it. I, the crying I say, is. I say, so my, my husband, Jacob, who obviously, you know, who's like the kindest man on the planet. Um, yes. He, about every three months or six months, deals with me being like, that's it. I'm getting out of it. <laughs> this is no longer tenable. And he, like, he does his very best to being like, I'm totally taking you seriously. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is indeed a real life or death situation, which I haven't seen resolve itself with, like, 24 hours or a callback. Uh-huh. Of yeah. course. Of course. <laughs> it's, it's just, that's what goes with being an actor is like at least every six months, you have to have that conversation with yourself of like, so I'm quitting now, right? This is it. I'm quitting. We're quitting. Cool. And then the next day you're just like, so um, any, any auditions for me? <laughs> Do you have any? Yeah. I'll take a co-star. It's fine. Oh my God. Yeah. When you're just a lifer. Yeah. Yeah. You're a lifer. So you went to Carnegie and mm -hmm. did you... Did you graduate from there? I literally don't know anything about this. This yeah, is amazing. Yeah, I did, which is – I got so excited when you had Rebecca Metz on because um, yes. she's such a gem. So I never met her, but I saw her in um, a play about the birth of behavioralism mm. um, uh, called Brodus. It has a very long title. Um, the short term is Brodus. She played like a rat, and she was brilliant. Wonderful. Um, so she she made me so proud. And, um, yeah, so I went, I went to Carnegie – which was the perfect program for me. I did not have like fun there because <laughs> um, it was all about, you know, like making you capable of existing right. in right. the world and the world of no. And I mean, like I'm so, hey, there's a motorcycle passing by. What's up, motorcycle? Uh, holding for sound. Holding for sound. <laughs> holding. <laughs> okay. And we're gone. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I, it was the right program for me yeah. and it stretched me and um, uh, it has uh, an event uh, that started our freshman year called Playground where uh, um, once a year they shut down all classes in the uh, drama conservatory and they mm -hmm. allow you to just do projects that um, are on your heart to do. So it's, it's oh, such a cool. beautiful community. I mean, um, in every year I do like four productions <laughs> and just not sleep and not eat. And, yeah. um, and I think that that honestly, like it's, it's those little gems where you remind yourself why you're studying so hard. Cause you know, they're, they still run on that Edith Skinner kind of classic theater, mm. um, dialect accent work, um, yeah. phonetical alphabet. Um, right. So delusion must've been, um, delusion really challenging. I mean, I was definitely like, we have to interact with people as in talk, 
but one of my favorite things about dilution is when people like you and and sarah and you know everyone else who is like a very professional theater person comes into dilution or any show like that really and you're just like oh so i have to deal with these people what do you i don't what do you mean where where's the proscenium march uh, yeah, I don't I, understand. But <laughs> I have to I, deal with people being drunk in my face, <laughs> or just what? can you script my response to them? And it's like, no, you're <laughs> gonna have to adapt to your surroundings. It was so humbling, and especially watching yeah. the ease that you did it with, because we had to. I mean, that was part of the joy. Well, but that team. was my second year, so I, I had a, I had my fumbles. <laughs> Appreciated and and gracefully said, but I, I will say, like, I went, oh. Oh, so you have to be human. Honestly, it, it, delusion is such a gift because it made going into the rooms feel so much less scary. Because yeah. I was like, well, chances, 90% chance no one's inebriated in right. this office. 100%. Um, Nobody's going to yell at you. Yeah. Uh, so that's good. Most of the time, right? They're not going to curse <laughs> in your face or, or waterboard you. Yeah. yeah. They're not yeah. going to do any of that. Um <laughs> So after Carnegie, what did you did you come to LA? Did you go to New York? Like, what was the move? I I came out here um, with my friend Robert mm-hmm. uh, Max Heimer, who's who's now working at Disney. Very proud of that guy. Um, but we came out in his Buick uh, with Brilliant. Bruce over in Texas, so I could learn how to drive a four wheeler um, <laughs> on his family's dairy lease. And yeah, I came out here, and I um, you know we had showcase and. Um, honestly, my, uh, response was better in New York. Mm. Um, but I, I had known since I, I I think I wrote down at 16, what I wanted my life to look like. And, um, I also work with, uh, young adults on the autism spectrum, Mm -hmm. um, uh, teaching, um, acting, pairing with social skills. That's always been, um, something that's been really important to me. So I've worked with, um, a charity out here, Actors for Autism, which is amazing and everybody should follow them they do great Mm -hmm. events and Liz is like the powerhouse and you were amazing um we had a job fair and if I can just plug that this woman also just has an incredible heart so she was there in I think 24 hour 48 hours notice um (laughs) giving um our students 110 percent of her energy so I I mean um I don't know LA just um it came together. It's it's the place that I wanted to live. It's the place where I, I feel like I've been presented um, a lot of opportunities to grow as a person around the mm. work. Because um, mm-hmm. I think in film acting, and obviously theater is, I mean, there's so many lessons that theater teaches too, but because I had been so much more comfortable in that sphere, um, film, I learned that if you're lying in your life, it shows up in your work. Um, and Ooh, so I had I like a lot of growing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's just, I, I know in the same way that it, Carnegie was such a gift for me. Uh, so was coming out here. That's amazing. And then how long until you, you booked your first like thing that you were excited to write home about? God, um, it was probably a year. Um, all of my generals were... Um, my first manager, John Sittenfield, who's unfortunately not with us anymore, um, said one of the pieces of feedback I got was she's different in a different way. 
Um, what does I, that mean? Um, I think it's a really nice way of saying weird. Um, and I, what's so funny, another, um, uh, she started out, uh, she's an agent at an agency that was looking at me. Um, and I, uh, she's, she now represents one of my friends. She's in management now. She's a mm. lovely person. I've talked with her after and it's gone much better. Oh, but she said, I'm like a Scientologist when I met her. Um, so I was so concerned about being what everybody expected in a meeting. You know, like they yeah. said, like, be the version of you on your first date. And I was so like, be normal, be normal that I think. <laughs> you um, went like far opposite of normal. Yeah. Like I, I was so positive. I kept using the word blessed like a lot. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> yes. uh, and it was a lesson that I had to learn over years. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Do you like science fiction? I'm Carrie Bechet, and if you loved movies like Arrival or Interstellar, then you're going to want to check out my podcast, Hypothetical. On Hypothetical, we tell speculative sci-fi stories interwoven with real science. New episodes every Tuesday, available wherever you get podcasts. So all of my generals were like a total wash. And then I got yeah. a Lionsgate, uh, a feature that was eventually picked up by Lionsgate. And it was the start of my, um, I, I call them my crying and dying years. Um, Ooh. A lot in horror um, and kind of thriller based stuff, um, which is really exciting. And it was such the perfect um, genre to work in. I find that sci-fi and horror kind of distills, uh, you know, like people have a little bit more patience with the moral because it's you know it's it's a dust a distillation of the idea right like right um, right, right it's high stakes so mm -hmm. um kind of like uh uh why when our toe is uh um lecturing about the reason that theater and the plague was supposed to be so um meaningful and mm. to the point about elemental to humanity i think it's kind of the same thing which is like if you're if you're dealing with life and death um the big stuff is going to come up. Um, right. And yeah, I, yeah. it also just got me, you know, if you're running in a team when you're <laughs> bleeding, you can't like get two in your head. Um, no. So I'm, I'm really happy. You know, I used to say that like, uh, like nothing makes directors more excited than like wanting to snuff the life out of me. Right. Um, right. So I, did, yeah, <laughs> I did a lot of dying. That's um, hysterical. I, I think I've been in one horror film as as an adult mm. and I when I was in it it was it was funny because I 
I'm one of those people that laughs when I get scared yeah. or like when something bad happens, oh, I laugh. I love so that. they had uh, not shown us the aliens beforehand to get a oh. real reaction, which was a very bad idea for me. <laughs> Because it's supposed to be this very, like, monumental moment. You see the aliens for the first time, and I turn around and start cracking up, and I can't stop. And the director's just like, well, that's okay. Cut. I don't know what to do. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. This is probably why I don't work in horror films anymore, but (laughs) I couldn't take it. Beautiful dramas and like super super fun pithy things. Like I, you know, like you're you are you are in the right field. Um, I want to see you do much more than cry and die. So I'm, I'm totally <laughs> but that is very funny. And yeah, I think I think sometimes that effort to uh, do do a Gary Marshall, um, yeah, and snap the jewelry case closed on Julia Roberts. Like you know, that, that's I'm sure that's not the only backfire that's happened. Oh, I'm sure method. not. I mean, especially like when you're doing something involved in, in horror or sci-fi or things like that. I feel like doing a, a surprise tactic isn't going to work. It's not going to, at least for me, it was not going to work. <laughs> yeah. Well, and especially like I'm thinking of some of the stuff I shot early in my career. Like not all of it is like super fear provoking, you know, like mm. the part that I, you know, always special effects, I think looks great on camera but you know like sometimes like half of it's made out of like foam core and you're like maybe that's yeah. not and then you're just like okay so this is hey steve how you doing you doing good in there like what are you- that is that it's is a man holding a pole i'm yeah. clear <laughs> so what um what after your crying and dying days god um honestly because you've just you've been working so much you've been doing so many things i feel like i'm constantly seeing you promote something new which is incredible well thank you honeybee i i think i think i've been lucky i think i think the big turning point for me um i'd worked with a director named perry tiao and this is kind of like (laughs) this is both like a like oh well crap um, story, but I, I was trying to think about like an example because I have so many auditions that didn't go great. But um, <laughs> I thought that this is like a good fusion story. So um, yeah, give it to me. Yeah. So I I've I've been coming in. John Wells is a graduate of uh, Carnegie, and he had seen me doing the Oristia. Um, I was playing Cassandra in college, which is you know mm. just like a lot of screaming to the gods and Mm -hmm. talking you know like being like hey guys listen to me and they're like I have no idea what you're saying um (laughs) this is is basically a wonderful distillation of uh, classical text I did there but um (laughs) (laughs) uh and so he and John Levy have been so gracious I've, I've seen them for years and years and years um and I was so obsessed with the UK Shameless. So in Shameless, it's so funny because Rebecca Matz also told a story about Shameless. Yes, she um, did. Yeah. So the night before um, I had this audition, I went over, I, I think I was bringing over like celebra- a celebratory vodka thing for Perry Tiao, which he's like, you know, he's, he's, he, he can hold his liquor. Mm. Um, and uh, he's pretty strong cloud atlas he's done a bunch of stuff and kind of surreal horror and um he's he's a really cool filmmaker who's constantly pushing everyone's buttons and um (laughs) he he kind of was like you know liz i think for you it's gonna be about figuring out your shadow self 
and uh, figuring out the parts of you that you're trying to hide and bringing them to the forefront. And he was like, I'd be really clear on what it is you want to do and say as a storyteller. Mm. Um, and it was and it was the night before this audition um, to play someone who had a substance abuse thing. I mean, of course, it's shameless. So it was like historical. Right. Um, and uh, I... I have had um, substance abuse stuff in my life and it mm. it's it's not something that I often bring into a room um, and uh, I I remember going in and feeling like okay here it is you know just when you connect to the words and you're in the fugue state and you feel like you know even if it's not the best thing that you see all day, this is the most truthful from me and my life experience. And mm -hmm. therefore I can believe in the integrity of this. And I looked up and I thought John Levy hated it. Mm. Um, to a level where I got in my car and I had my meltdown <laughs> and I told Jacob that I was quitting acting. Uh -huh. And but like <laughs> in, in <laughs> a level where he was like, oh, this is more so than the normal weeping and gnashing of teeth um, to the point where he apparently made a deal with God that he would go to church every Sunday if I booked it. Oh, wow. And I did book it. They ended up actually cutting the role. But it was no. such a, like, um, but it was such a weird affirming thing because it means, first of all, that whatever barometer I have to checking in with what people do or do not think of my work is broken. And right. that's just something I'm going to have to accept. And also that, you know, if you feel like you're connected, <laughs> that's, that's all you got, kid. Yeah. Um, well, it, it's true. I mean, that is that is all it's about really when, when you get down to it is being connected to the character and the material and yeah. what you're doing, what you're presenting. Yeah. But it was, I don't, I don't know. It was, it was, and I, since then um, I have found like, cause I, something I wrote down that night is I wanted to play women that were kind of like um, not caught as much in the paradigms of, you know, uh, um, the Madonna you know, um, the, you know, the kind of, uh, archetypes that women can get caught in. Mm. Um, and I've, I've gotten to play serial killers and I've gotten to, you know, like not just die, but I think play more. Complex. Wait, when did you play a serial killer? Cause I need to see this oh, immediately. Girl. Thank you. So it's, um, it's a film called recovery. Um, John Liang, uh, uh, it was his, um, debut film, but, uh, it's on Redbox and Amazon. Oh, I'm watching um, that tonight. Girl, thank you. Girl. So I, I gave away a reveal. Um, sorry if this director listens to it. I love you, John. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was, um, and it was, it was another one where I like sat in the car and I was like, okay, I'm going to bring that, that person that mm -hmm. I don't often like to air on a Tuesday. Right. Um, and so it was, and it was such a beautiful experience. Um, you know, and it's it's so funny to me because like to me you're just this this beautiful like fairy who helps everybody <laughs> and like is constantly just like finding ways to be more helpful. Oh so God. to like see and and hear you talk about you know your shadow self and going through these darker times and presenting yourself in mm -hmm. in roles that are darker is just so it's enlightening because you don't really understand you know a person fully. 
Mm-hmm. And that's what acting is is so beautiful because it's like you you get to be able to show that self. Mm. I I thank you. I love you. And um I I think I always um whenever I'm playing somebody that's just like truly nasty or like I've I've also gone through string um I recently got to work on a friend's thing that I can't speak more about other than saying that I play like a narcissistic space pirate. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. And it's so funny, like playing narcissists, you know, like I, I think comedy is such a gift because it holds up the part of you that's most nugatory and ugsome. And it's mm-hmm. like, it's like laugh at me being this version of myself, like the part where I really am an asshole um, mm-hmm. and, and play on that. And like no one act like this, right? Like it's the educational benefit of comedy. Um, you can learn how not to behave yeah (laughs) it's true it's true (laughs) and I I think kind of the same about drama like I um but I think that sometimes that gift I I think it comes back to the performer tenfold because there's that quote from Quills which is one of my favorite films talking about like weird wonderful dark work um uh, mm-hmm. where Kate Winslet's character says, you know, because uh, she's reading uh, the Marquis de Sade's work and she's mm-hmm. talking about, like, I couldn't be a, such a good person. Not that I'm saying a good person. I'm highly flawed. But um, I think at least in terms of, um, anyway, she says uh, in real life, if I if I couldn't be such a bad person on the page, mm. I feel like uh, there's there's an exorcism of the parts of yourself almost um that can happen on mm-hmm. some I mean you know sometimes you go on and you're like all right this is my five lines farewell everyone like <laughs> it's an honor to be here today <laughs> skip 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 it's an honor see you later yeah you know and because you're not you're you're there to serve somebody else's story but when you get right. to be um you know when you get to go on that journey and and that's the part of the story that you have to serve particularly when you're playing um people who are more villainous on the page I mean I don't need to say that I know that's everybody's conversation right now we're we're in a a generation of film and television where we're kind of obsessed with the anti-hero but Mm -hmm. yeah I think I think there's a part of us that grows from watching that and definitely as a performer (laughs) oh yeah definitely when you when you let that out that that part of you shine for a second then it's like oh okay I I feel cathartic now I feel good yeah it's good so what's next for you Miss Liz what are you working on um have you been able to work since this this pandemic started um a little bit I uh I did a lifetime flick called Killer Grades um with one of my favorite directors um we've worked on a couple things together a guy Mm. named Jose Montesinos um I'm grateful that he keeps lugging me around (laughs) <laughs> um, I've got another Lifetime movie and um, Secrets in the Snow that's uh, running, I think, this weekend. Ooh, um, yeah, I uh, I I cry a lot in that one, but I can't. I guess I can't say if I die or not. But <laughs> Damn. Damn it. Um, uh, but I'm a bad girl. I will say that. Ooh. And then, um, well, complicated, complicated. Not to judge your characters, right? And, I um, totally I, judge my characters not until after but like when, yeah once and then I'm you're like with them, I'm like wow 
She's kind of, yeah, she's kind of Um, So I think we're getting a second season with the thing that I'll hopefully be able to talk about more. Oh, good. Uh, the, where I'm a space pirate, which is amazing. That's incredible. Um, and then uh, I, I want to be a space it. pirate. That Girl, sounds so fun. It would be an amazing pirate. I am. I I can't. Uh, I can't really do like wonderful hard R's in a way that's. Uh, so <laughs> she's, she's much more. She's much more sprightly. This <laughs> wasn't working the other way. Um, and I got to do a Christmas Carol with CTG this year. They did an amazing. Oh, you did. Yeah, so I got to play Fred's wife. Um, oh, fun! I essentially, got to crap on um, Ebenezer for a yeah. while. Yeah, you know, like lively party. But of course, we um, all had to shoot it in a green screen environment, mm-hmm. and then they added us against like this uh, storybook background. So that's so cool. I did a Christmas Carol a lot as a as a child, and I played basically every Cratchit known to man. And then I played like Little Fan and one of the one of the children i think want at the end i played like every child character that you could play in that show you were you were unspeakably adorable as a child i was not i was like one percent body fat basically this height um i so i just look like a daddy long legs so like whenever i see adorable children i'm like oh yeah that's the reason there aren't a lot of pictures that's <laughs> It's why I worked more as a child than I have as an adult. Well, I was a very that. cute because you're trying to run stuff too. You're all you work all. The, I can't. I can't. This is not even a conversation we're having. Everyone was, ignore her. Google her. Google Jillian. Okay. I've been um I've been doing conversions of all of my old like VHSs and my tapes and whatnot that I have. Oh, I want um, to see so bad. That's that's been one of my pandemic prop uh, projects that I've been doing. But it's funny, I've been doing all of my Days of Our Lives tapes. My mom taped almost every episode I was on, which is a lot of tapes to get through. <laughs> but I realized today when I was watching, I was like, oh my God, I was such an asshole. Like I literally just yelled at my mom the entire show and like ran out of rooms. <laughs> blamed her for my dad's death when it was a serial killer like a bunch of things I think I I, so far I've counted that I've gone to like five funerals and I've cried at like and like gravestones and things and it's just like wow that was that was my life as an 11 year old interesting (laughs) I that is so I Honestly, I I wonder sometimes in storytelling, you know, because I, I nothing moves a plot along like a child not understanding a parent's mm-hmm. suffering. Sometimes, you know, oh, like yeah. sometimes I feel like you're more of an embodiment also of <laughs> for my friends that are parents of like I because I know a lot of them are going through right now being cooked up with their loved ones um, mm. as we all are, and you know sometimes you're like, yes, that is how it feels. You know, like sometimes you're like it's a serial killer, and they're like, "No, it's not. It's you. You killed them." And you're like, "Wow!" Literally, yeah. No, it was that. Like, the dad was like on life support or something after a serial killer hit him over the head with a brick, and she took him off life support. And of course, I ran around the hospital screaming at her. So there's that. I um, again, these are all tapes that I desperately want to see now. Oh, I will send you them. I found, <laughs> I found this one of because I did pageants when I was a, a child as well. Um, of course, you did. Of only for did. like two years. It was like a 1998 to 2000 stint before I went to IMTA. Um, <laughs> and um, I found this beautiful one of me doing uh, what was it? It was Colors of the Wind from Pocahontas. Oh. And so I sent it to my dear friend Mandy because she is 
just as obsessed with Pocahontas as I am, and she uh-huh. um, recreated the dance in in a park, Shut and up. I sobbed laughing. It was the funniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I I want to see all of it. I I, I said <laughs> I want to see your canon. I want to see. <laughs> It's a it's a deep canon, man. It's full of some dark things. Also, I loved the Pocahontas soundtrack as a kid. I'm just remembering now. It was so good. That and amazing. Anastasia were like the yes. best. Oh God, I'm still recovering from my crush on Dimitri. I just cut Jacob's Same. COVID hair, and I I like left a lock that falls on his forehead, and I know that's a Dimitri <laughs> like hangover. Like, yes. I'm just like I oh, did I not cut that long hair? That's weird. That's that's so bizarre. <laughs> Dimitri was like the perfect man, and then having him voiced by John Cusack was like oh, the like, best right? because I love him. Yeah. Um, also, like the first time you realized what a honey dipped voice he had, right? Just like this beautiful, like sensual voice that a child should not be attracted to, but it was. So. I mean, it's uh, anyone that watched Anastasia. I'll go on paper. This is I'm never going to be hired by. <laughs> me um <laughs> i'll go on paper saying anyone who didn't have an awakening yeah watching anastasia i yeah, you weren't plugged in you're lying <laughs> yes at least at least for yeah oh um, man well i'm so thankful that you came on the show and and had a had a laugh with me where can people follow your journey on social media oh god um so i uh i'm liz fenning actor person on instagram <laughs> Um, I, took I love very, that so much very, very seriously and then I think I'm just Liz Fenning on everything else um, thank you this is such a treat I miss you um, I miss and you thank you for all that this this podcast does for storytellers it's beautiful thank you I miss you know what I, I was thinking about the other day because I need to go through my closet so bad all of those amazing drives that you used to do where we just like dump all of our clothes in your living room and say take it please (laughs) get rid of it oh my gosh I just did another one and now it's just like sitting in my home because people can't take donations right now yeah I know I know know. yeah there's like a mountain by our doorway (laughs) we're gonna have to have a huge purge once we're all vaccinated and then like we can just you know get rid of everything because I feel like I need to do that so bad yeah that's that's a charity uh charity plug for Corazon de Vida um, which yeah. is a program that works um, that's where those clothes went um, particularly an orphanage called Casa de Paz in Mexico but they also help um, children who um, are in foster care um, mm-hmm. currently in the adoptive system etc um, they do so much important work particularly providing scholarships food um, to those across the border for whom are um, not doing so well right now mm-hmm. with uh, maybe some of their donor base changing a little bit in COVID so yeah plug. and that's this is why i always think of you as like this perfect little fairy because you do all this work with <laughs> autism for actors and then you do this work for that charity and and the clothes and the donations and the drives that you do it's just like you're just like one of the coolest people i know and i'm thankful to have you in my life lady likewise um and thank you you've literally shown up for all of that so that is a hundred and ten percent likewise i love you oh love you thank you so much thank you Thanks again to my dear friend Liz for coming on the show and talking to me. It's always good to catch up with friends on on here. It's um it's nice to feel connected to people when, you know, we've been through such a challenging year. That's the word for it, I think. Um but yeah. So thank you to Liz and thank you to you 
for listening every week. It's very kind, and I'm having a great time, and I, I hope you are too. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening to it right now. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Uh, rate, review. It really helps um, get the word out and and helps with other things. And I don't know, maybe one day somebody will pay me to do this. That'd be fun. Tune in next week. I don't know who's going to be on, but somebody will because, hey, it's the new year and we're back. And as always, thanks for coming in. Hello, friends. This is Mark Nell, executive producer of the Table Read podcast, where imagination meets performance. As we wrap up an incredible season one, we want to take a moment to express our heartfelt gratitude to each and every one of you who tuned in and supported us on this amazing journey. Season one was nothing short of extraordinary. We delved into captivating scripts that transported us to worlds beyond our imagination, thanks to the brilliant writers who delivered these works. But what really brought these stories to life were the talents of our amazing actors. But wait, the excitement doesn't end there. As we bid farewell to season one, we are thrilled to announce the launch of season two. Get ready for more gripping narratives, more unforgettable characters, and more mesmerizing performances that will keep you on the edge of your seat. We have some big surprises coming. The Force will definitely be with you. So stay tuned, stay engaged, and most importantly, stay excited. From all of us at the Table Read Podcast, thank you, and let's make season two even more memorable together.